Is your past story maybe a little spotty? Have you felt like there's a stirring in your heart and you're just trying to figure out what that is? Today, I'm so excited to have an incredible conversation with my friend Chelsea Dematis. Chelsea is the voice behind the Living With Less podcast and author of the 52-week devotional, More of Him, Less of Me, Living a Christ-Centered Life in a Me-Centered World. Chelsea lives in Central Ohio with her husband and two little ones. She loves diving deep in the Word of God with other believers and most especially has a heart for women's ministry. When she's not chasing little ones, you'll find her on a long walk or spending time in her cozy brown chair. Isn't she our people friend? She's definitely one of us. And today's episode, Chelsea takes us on her extraordinary journey from rebellion to redemption, and she reveals how she found her way to Christ and embraced her unique calling. Her story is such so fun and in testament to the life-changing transformations that can occur when we give God our yes. So get ready to be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted as we hear her story and as she continues to point us to Jesus. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. I am so excited. I'm your host, Samantha Siemens, and I am here with a new friend. I've actually followed you on Instagram for a while, but new face-to-face friend, Chelsea DeMattis. Welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited too. We're going to have an awesome conversation. Right. So good. So with that, you've already heard a little bit about her in the intro. And so tell us, we're going to jump right in and... Can you tell us a piece of your story and then we'll jump into the topic? Absolutely. So snapshot version of my story is I was a very rebellious girl. Um, I did not come to Christ until my early 20s. And it was really funny. Obviously, my brother and I grew up in the same household. He walked straight and narrow with Jesus from like the time he could. And I was this girl from day one, my mom said, that just always had to learn by experience. Um, always was pushing the buttons, pushing the limits, wanting to see just how far I could go with things. And I kind of want to encourage moms too, if there's any moms listening who you might have a child like that, um, just keep praying for them because my parents faithfully prayed for me for years and years and years. And it has obviously, God has used it for his glory. But when I really hit the end of my rope was after my freshman year of college, um, I was giving myself away in so many ways. Basically, any way you can imagine, that's the point of my life that I was at. It had been that way since like the middle of high school and then into those college years. And I'd gotten in trouble at school. I got in trouble for underage, open container, 
And I always say that ticket, I actually have the physical ticket. I have it taped in one of my journals. I call that my golden ticket. That was like the moment. There were so many things to follow after that, but that's the moment where I can pinpoint Jesus literally giving me a ticket to say like, okay, this is it. Like, girl, you got to start following me and walking with me. And while I didn't notice that pursuit, then I can look back and see it now. And that happened in 2011. And then around the fall of 2011, I moved to Central Ohio. That's where I live now. And my brother actually came down too. Like I said, straight and narrow guy, always walking with Jesus. And he had invited me to church for several years. We grew up Lutheran, so we grew up going to church and doing that every Sunday, youth group, all of that. Um, I just was so, I was not interested. It's very funny. I always loved the people at my church. And I feel like that's not oftentimes a story. A lot of times it's the people at the church that turn someone off. But for me, I loved the people. I just hated all of these boundaries that I felt like I was continually given. I didn't like that. And I look at it now as the boundaries I was given were God's word. It was my, that's our saving grace. They're there for a reason. And so fast forward to I'm living here. My brother moves down here. I just, got up. I think it was on a Saturday. Maybe it was the Sunday morning. And I just reached out to one of his friends. He wasn't here that weekend. And I said, hey, can I go to church with you and your wife? And they were like, yes. Oh my gosh. Chelsea's asking to go to church. Like what is going on? And so I went to church with them about 20 minutes from where I was living. And I saw in that moment, there's something different. I had always seen a difference in my brother's life and in his friend's lives. They had a joy that I never experienced. I was always feeling empty. It was, you'd fill yourself up one way or you'd give yourself away in this way, thinking this is going to make you feel better. And I was left more empty and more sad and more hungry for something more. And I saw this joy. I'm like, how do they have this joy? How do they have joy when life is really hard? Because that didn't make sense to me. And I think that's a big thing in culture right now. People look at Christians when their life is going terribly and they're like, how do you have this joy? How are you waking up and putting your feet on the floor when you're struggling with something so heavy? And that just kind of eclipsed my heart where I'm like, I want this joy. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it looks like in a life like mine that is full of so much rebellion and heartache and insecurity. I mean, I would say if you had to look at my life, I was like drenched in insecurity, which is interesting because people that probably knew me then that were my age, like a peer, they would say, oh, she was really confident. And I'm like, no, I was real insecure and started going to church, went to church for a few months and surrendered my life to the Lord. I still remember the day. I remember the shoes I was wearing. Isn't that funny? The things you love that. Yeah. I remember the shoes and that was, for me, that was the moment where I decided my life didn't change that moment, but I decided I want to live for Jesus. I don't know what this looks like. I've never been in Bible study. I've never done life like this before. And little by little and big thing by big thing, God just started walking me through that and blessing me with the absolute best people that you could ever imagine to come alongside a girl like me in that season. And here we are now, 13 years later, I think, right? 12, 13 years later. And he's not only redeemed all of that, he's using all of that too. And I think that's hard with everybody's story, everyone's testimony. That's a big thing that I just want everyone to hear is you've been given a story and that is your testimony. 
And sometimes it takes a long time to get to the place of being able to share it without feeling maybe the pain and the woundings that came from that. But there will come a day when God does give you, whether it's your neighbor or it's somebody you bump into that seems to be having a rough day at the coffee shop or the grocery store or someone you're mentoring where you finally get to use, it makes me want to cry. You get to use the worst parts of who you were before you knew the Lord to now share and pour into somebody else and encourage them. And one thing with my younger girls that I have gotten the privilege of pouring into is to really, I've walked that fine line of, I don't ever want them. I don't want my sin to be glorified. I don't want my girls that have a little bit more of a rebel spirit about them to see, oh, well, she did all these things. And so she turned out fine. So I have to carry that carefully and how I share things because I don't want to glorify the sin. I want to glorify the Savior. Yeah. But he's still giving me that opportunity to share parts of my story with them where it's like, you don't want to walk down this road. You don't want to be a 30-something-year-old married for nearly 10 years with two children and still have to work through and process through some of these things that I have had to keep working through and had to keep processing through. So that's a snapshot of my story. Um, Rebel heart, rebel girl, literally pursued so intentionally by Jesus before I knew him. And oh my gosh, just walking in that redemption now has been so cool. I love it. I love that so much. And thanks for sharing. And I love that you just said, don't glorify the sin, glorify the Savior, because it's so easy to, when we do share our testimonies, and especially some of us that have like messier testimonies, if you will, to get stuck in the culture of where we were Mm -hmm. and like not spend so much time there and not as much time in the redemption process. And that like, hey, this is, you know, where we are here. And one of the veins and hearts behind the Abundant Women Collective, yes, for women to know biblical truth, yes, for them to deepen the relationship with Jesus. But so many times we look to people with books or platforms or famous speakers or whatever, podcast hosts, you know, to be like, well, they are meant to share their story. And like, yeah. they are meant to be on a stage and to preach the gospel. And I just rebuke that nonsense because, yes, they are, but it's both and. Like every woman, every person who has had an encounter with Jesus has a testimony. That's the whole point is he changes you, right? And so, but we are so maybe sometimes focused on the platform and who's on the platform that we forget, wait, we have a story to share. And maybe, I mean, there's an open invitation to this podcast, but also maybe it's to, like you said, the grocery worker or your neighbor or your somebody at church who's struggling, like it's all, he uses all of that for his glory. And we get to be like a fun participant in that. And so I feel like that also preludes to what we're going to talk about. (laughs) That's how we don't feel called or or we don't feel equipped or qualified, right, to do the thing. So I'm going to pass the mic back to you. Let's just dig in with what God's put on your heart. So this all really started stirring in my heart. Um, one of the churches I got to speak at, they wanted to do their entire retreat on go therefore and make disciples. It was on Matthew 28, 18 through 20 on the Great Commission. And that's, I love the Great Commission. Obviously, that's what we've been given. But people read that and they see, okay, so 
Jesus gave this to his disciples. Okay. And they read it as in like, he gave it to the 12. And maybe in that moment, they're like, okay, I need to, I need to go there for and make disciples or do yeah. this thing that's calling me to do. But it typically doesn't leave the four walls in which you're sitting in. And you read that that day because they think exactly what you said. I'm not equipped. I'm disqualified. I have this terrible past or I don't have a big platform. Like, who am I, like, how am I going to go there for and make what disciple? And God just was so stirring that in my heart. And I was thinking, okay, we've all been given gifts. We've all been given talents. Maybe sharing your story from a stage or a podcast or whatever isn't your thing. But what is the thing that God's called you to do? Because what I have found in my life, I love to talk. Of course, the Lord has me sitting down and talking with people. That's what I love to do. But when I think of my mom, my mom would sit here and say, okay, I have not been called to go stand up somewhere and share my story. I'm not going to get on a podcast and share my story. But my mom is incredible at baking and one-on-one with people. She is so good that way. And so when I look at my mom's life, and we've had this conversation several times, I'm like, that is what you're equipped and called to do. And you're called to do it well, and you're called to steward it well. And so to sit down with somebody and bake with them or you're baking things and taking it to them. And through those interactions, you're able to share your story. You're able to go and do that thing. But then looking to scripture, okay, what does it say about what we've been equipped with or what we're called to do with those things? And it says in Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21, we'll read verse 20 for context, but it's just addressing who Jesus is, how great he is. Mm -hmm. But it says, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of sheep and the blood of the eternal covenant. So that's who's equipping us. Okay. That's like the backstory of who he is. Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom glory forever and amen. So we see there that he will equip us with everything that we need to do his will and to do his work. And what you're doing is not going to look like what I'm doing. And what I'm doing shouldn't look like what my neighbor's doing, unless I guess we're gifted the same, but we're all unique. We all have a little bit different story. And so finding, okay, what are the things that God has called and equipped me to do that then he uses to create a relationship? We, so often people get hung up in this, okay, how am I supposed to make a disciple? How do I do that? What does that look like? Do I sit down and just teach a Bible verse? Do I got to teach a Bible class? And I'm like, no, it's a relationship. Jesus had relationship with his disciples. And so when you feel like, okay, I'm gifted in this one area, but what's the big deal about that? How's that going to be purposeful? When you allow that thing that you've been gifted in doing be the avenue that comes relationships, it's amazing because it's so organic. And I'm sure, Sam, you can speak to this, where we've all tried to like make something work that just isn't working. Like, I am yep. not in this. I feel awkward. I feel awkward around the people. And I know, okay, clearly I'm doing something that I should not be trying to do right now. But when I'm doing the thing that I know God has called and equipped me to do, when I start making those relationships, I'm like, this is amazing. God is so present here and I can see how he's using me. And it also gives me and brings me to a place of humility where you can say, this is all Jesus. Like there are a lot of things where I can go, wow, that was all Chelsea. And that's why I was so 
exacerbated and grumpy and not having a great time because, and not that we won't feel those ways sometimes when we are being obedient, maybe somewhere where we don't quite feel equipped, but we know we're doing what God's asked of us. A lot of times when it's something in our own strength that we're trying to make happen, you can tell, but then you can also tell the vast difference when we're doing the thing that God has asked us to do. Yeah, I, um, this, (laughs) this podcast is an example of uh, being obedient, but not feeling equipped. And I, fun fact, don't even listen to a ton of podcasts. Now I do. Prior to starting this, I did not listen to any podcasts. Like I'm a visual learner. Yes, I read, I want to see. Um, so podcasts weren't my thing. And so when God gave me the Abundant Woman Collective and he told me to start a podcast, I legit was like, like someone else who's good at this? Like why would, you, why me? I don't even listen to them. I don't know how to do it, right? All the things, all the reasons of why I'm not the best fit to do this. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because I love it. It's my one of my favorite things that I do now. And he put people in my path to teach me what I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. He did not say, Sam, you know exactly what you're doing and go do it. No, he said, I just need you to say yes to this. And I will help you figure out the rest, right? And so also because of like the yes factor, like here, my yes is on the table. You have it. It also means that I am, I'm kind of the stubborn daughter a little bit where I'm like, okay, you told me to do it and I'm not in charge of the results. So you're going to do whatever you want. Like if you want this to go somewhere, you do it. I just, I hit record and I edited it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I get to be because it's just a yes. And so he legit gave me the people to teach me how to do this. And he's given me the people to to come on the podcast, right? And it is one of my favorite things to do now, which if I would have said no, I never even would have experienced it. And I would have been stuck in my own like, well, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not called to that. I'm not whatever reason we give ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And now here we are with Chelsea on the podcast. So like it's, He'll use it and you just need to have a willing heart in order to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this um, in this day and age, it is one of the downsides of social media, if you will. I love social media. Don't get me wrong. It's how we met, all the things. But also because you're constantly seeing people and mm-hmm. their 30-second highlight reel it can sometimes, if we don't guard our heart and we don't guard our mind, it can oftentimes, honestly, make us feel even more unequipped or even more not qualified for the thing. Um, so I think maybe when we scroll, we also have to be aware that what you said, the Lord has given them a thing, a calling, a whatever to do. And this is this highlight reel of their yes. But your yes could be similar or it could look completely different and really seeking his face on what that is for me, for, mm-hmm. for me and you and the next person listening, right? Well, it makes me think of Moses and how God, God literally, yes. so I'm always like, Moses, come on. I, I have, I would love a burning bush moment. However, I don't want Moses' story to get to the burning bush moment. So maybe right. I don't want that, but what I think is really interesting when you look at Moses's story, he was given the call, like yeah. verbally heard it. This was a stirring in his heart. Like God met him and spoke to him what he was supposed to do. 
And he wanted to disqualify himself. He's like, I can't do this. I can't speak. And the way God addressed him and asking him, like, who made your mouth? Like, who is in charge? Basically, who is in charge of you? I am. And when I look at my life and I look at other people's lives around me that are sitting there when God stirs something in their heart, which I also want to speak to that too. I just shared this on another podcast, but for the longest time, I always wondered like, okay, when people say God stirred this in my heart, I was like, is this just like a Christian phrase that somebody is <laughs> parroting or is it scriptural? Cause I'm like, I don't want to say it and I don't want to believe it if it's not. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. And Ezra, I think it's Ezra chapter one or Ezra chapter three. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but it talks about how God stirred in the heart of King Cyrus. I'm pretty sure it's Ezra 1 verse 3 is what it is. I'll let you know. Maybe you can put that in the show notes. But God stirs in our hearts too. It's not just an audible. I think a lot of times we feel called to something. Maybe people think of Moses and they're like, Moses heard what he was supposed to do. Like, how can you deny that? How could you yeah. say, okay, God, but look, Moses did too. He had God speak to him and say, do this thing. And he still sat there and said, but I can't speak clearly. How, how is he going to use me? God still used him anyway, but then he gave him a mouthpiece, Aaron. So Aaron got to be part of that. But when we look at our own life and we have to examine our own hearts, just know, number one, that yes, God speaks audibly. We see that. We read that in scripture. But also God does stir things in our hearts. So if you do have a constant stirring and this nudging from the Holy Spirit, that's not just you. Um, if you are walking with Jesus and in his word, you have other people praying alongside of you, it's okay to lean into that. And we should lean into those things because I don't want to just sit here negligently being ignoring this stirring in my heart because I'm like, well, maybe it's just me. Well, no, God stirs that way. And if he's continuing to confirm something, I do need to walk in that. And like you said, oftentimes it's just saying yes. Yes yes is the beginning. Yes is the very beginning. And then so much comes after that. But seeing how God, through scripture, how how he worked with people and taught people and walked people through things when they gave their yes, we serve the same God. So when you say yes, he's going to equip you with the people the place, the things. One thing that I started in our community, the first one was 16 people. The social media world would say that's a flop. Like you only had 16 ladies come to your worship night when you had a hundred flyers that you passed out all over your area. That's a flop. I was so elated because I'm like, there are 16 women here from different churches. My whole, um, the biggest thing in my heart from the Lord has been, it's not to be at a church building. It needs to be outside the church for the community. And so the first one happened in September, those 16 women came and it's all about sharing your story and having other women share their story from, this is nothing about a platform. This is just, God's called me. He has now equipped me with somebody who has the most angelic voice. Her name is Sam too, but Sam's voice is amazing. Um, I have now had a place to, we've got a location for it to be indoors. Like he's given the place He's given the people, and now I can trust him with the outcome of who all is going to come. But this is a perfect example of, I know God's called me to do this. He has confirmed it. I'm walking in it, but it's probably not going to be big. That's okay. And so also, if you're sitting here thinking, okay, I know God's called me to start this, or I know God's 
nudging me to maybe start a baking business. I always think of that because my mom is truly amazing and she should do something like that. But if God's calling you to do that, trust him with that. But don't expect big just because God has asked you to do it. Probably the bigness, the big thing that's going to happen is your heart with the Lord, your walk with him. Yeah. You like to grow. And I think because of social media, because of us seeing big platforms, big numbers, big turnouts, we think that big is the only outcome if it was God. And that's just not true because big can be the thing that he's doing in your heart as you're obediently saying yes, going, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I'm not kidding. When I'm handing out all these flyers all over for the first worship night, I thought, what if nobody comes? Yeah. Like, if nobody comes, then okay, I guess nobody comes. I was like, what if, what if a ton of people come and I don't know what to even do? Like, I just was at that place of like, I literally don't know. And same thing for this next venue. It is inside. So we actually have like a cap, a number, but I'm like, well, Lord, I'm just going to trust that you are going to take care of that because I don't know how to tell people, no, they can't come. And these people can. I don't want to do tickets because I just want our community to come out and hear Jesus and experience Jesus. That's what I want. And so it's sometimes saying yes to something going, I have no idea what the outcome looks like, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you if it's big or if it's small. And I can't wait to see what you do with it, Lord. And when we're in that place and in that heart posture, I think it gives us the room when something is small or something is big to just go, oh, God, look what you did. One person showed up or 16 women showed up or 150 women showed up. Like, Lord, this is amazing. It just puts us in a place of awe and wonder of who he is. And that's where it should be. If he's called me to do something, then I'm just going to sit and do it and wait to see what he does with that. So good. I feel like, okay, two things. One, yes, absolutely. 16 is amazing. So congratulations. And I think when we get in that mindset, I have, like for me, I have to remind myself that it's not about me. Like, yes, he's so good and he's working on me as I'm doing the thing for somebody else or, you know but it's actually not about me. So like in some of my coaching and stuff, we've had conversations of like, okay, if you don't do the thing, pick your thing. If you're listening, fill in your blank. And what would that mean for the women or the people that you are supposed to do the thing for or with? They would not have this or they would not see Jesus in this way, right? And so for me, that's always a little bit of like a a conviction, but like a loving, not like nudge to be like, okay, it's not about me. And because it's not about me, then I'll do it for just the one. Everything Mm -hmm. in this ministry has been, I will do it for just the one. If one person shows up, which is bomb for them because they get my undivided attention or whatever. But like, if one person shows up lately though, I have learned that I will do it for no one as well. I, um, I need to share this actually probably on social media. Now that you're saying like, everyone shares their big numbers. I'm like, I need to share what feels like a failure. So very recently, I have launched two different things. And one thing was a retreat and it was full and it was amazing. And I was so so juiced for this. And then one by one, people started dropping out. And so I automatically was like, God, what did I do wrong? Did I hear you wrong? Like, what is, why did this happen? Right. 
And then shortly thereafter, I opened the doors to a membership and it was crickets. And I was like, God, I, I heard you tell me these two things. And so what, like I'm holding disappointment in one hand yeah. and then also contending for what I heard and the faith that mm-hmm. I like, you know what I mean? I'm holding both. And so I also, I used to, I always say I'll do it for the one, but I'll, my obedience is also just to him. Like he's the one. Yeah. And so if the results yeah. obviously are not what I expected in both of those examples and they were disheartening, I still am so confident that he, that there's something for me in that. Like I'm learning a lesson. One is disappointment. But um, <laughs> but like the one is actually him. My obedience yeah. is to him. It's yeah. not for the results. Yeah. And that's really, really stinking hard. It's hard. But it's part of the call. It's part of the thing. It's part of not caring what the world standards are, not caring that even our church world Christianese standards are, and that if I really am only accountable to the one, then I'm going to do this regardless of what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. Something, too, that he, I feel like, has continued to just show me is it's okay to pivot. And pivoting is so hard for me. I do not like that so at hard. all. I just told one of my girlfriends this. I was like, Sarah, I hate pivoting. And even in like really small, silly things where it's like, this is not a big deal. Like the fact that it's raining and you can't walk outside this morning, chill. It's okay. Pivot. Yes. Walk later. Like you're going to make it. But then in other ways, so the same thing, a similar thing had happened to me where I launched something that I had worked so hard on and one person got it. That was it. One. And while I was so grateful for that one, I'm like, Lord, I worked really, really hard on this, really hard on this. And something though that I'm seeing is just because I'm walking something out in one way doesn't mean that's the only way he's going to use it because what he's now given me this vision for is, okay, this thing is great. It's great on a computer, but Chelsea, I've gifted you to talk to people, to be in front of people. Take this thing into churches. Go teach women how to do the thing that you wanted them to purchase through your computer. Yeah. Go be in front of them. And I was like, so I have a little mastermind group. Um, the uh, gal that put it together, Johanna, she's amazing. I think we've been meeting since fall of 2020. They're all a little older than me. They don't have like little littles. So I make it when I can. But I went to them. And I said, okay, guys, I launched this thing. Did not go as great as I thought it would online. But God is really showing me that I am an in-person kind of person. Yeah. Online is just not my thing. Like, it's it's part of my thing. But it's not me. And I asked him, like, what do you guys think about me taking this into churches and teaching? Because I'm like, that's what I feel like I should do with it. It's, And they were like, yes. You need to reach out, like obviously finding when, because it's about Bible studies, finding when people are doing Bible study instruction. And I am so excited about getting to do that because now it's doing, it's exactly what I said at the beginning, go and make disciples. Well, we make disciples as we're doing the things that we're called to do, the way that God knit me. And he knit me for personal interaction, not just like online. And if I could be in a small group of women at their home church where they are really wanting to branch out and do Bible studies in their homes, but they just need someone to kind of walk them through what that looks like. I would love to get to be that person 
that gets to go in and teach them about doing Bible studies in their home. I would take that a million times over somebody transacting something on the internet that doesn't know me and doesn't get to hear me. And so it's just also embracing that whole thing of pivoting and knowing that, okay, God's asked you to do something this way, but he might ask you to use the same thing and do it another way, whether it be in person or whether it be at something. We can always, we have to be so open-handed with those giftings to go, okay, I feel you calling me to do this. I'm going to do it, but I have to hold it loosely because I know you can do so much more with it than I ever could. Yeah. And we cling off like to, there's so many instances we won't go into, but one of the verses we cling to in my marriage and my family and myself personally and this ministry is Ephesians 3.20. And it's not, a, I don't cling to it in a prosperity way. Like you're just going to do all the things and it's so great mm-hmm. because I'm a Christian. But instead, I've tangibly seen instances where I, Sam, in the physical right now, had seen no way out. And he took it and made it immeasurably more than I can ask, think, or imagine. Not because it was famous or I made lots of money or whatever. Like, it was still so hard. Like, moving across country is so hard. Going to a place where you know no one is so stinking hard. But the life that he's created and has the things he's done here is more than I ever thought, right? And so like clinging Mm -hmm. to scripture, which is why if you're feeling a stirring, whether it's to start a knitting group or bake bread or volunteer at a homeless shelter, like whatever the thing, if you're listening, we've been praying that Holy Spirit is, is stirring something up inside of you. So that thing, the first thing we have to do is, I love that Chelsea just said open-handed, but open-handed to the Lord. Like we need to actively seek his face in it because even if we think we know what it is and we think we know what the outcome is going to (laughs) be, leaving it open-handed and fully surrender to what he actually wants for it is is so much better, but it's not always easy. And so that's where I feel like we have to be hand in hand and step in step with the Lord through this process. How else do you think, Chelsea, that women, if they're feeling a stirring, like what else should they do? Okay. Well, first I wanted to say, I did go look up Ezra 1 and it's actually just in Ezra 1, 1 that he said that. So if Ooh, you're that about the stirring, it's in Ezra 1, 1. Highly recommend reading all of Ezra, but there's that little nugget. But what would I share with somebody? What was it? Just ask it one more time. Um, if someone's like, yes, I have this stirring. Why is, I said like surrender and go to the Lord, which is cheating because mm-hmm. that's, I'm sure part of your answer. But um, what else, if they're like, what, do I, what else do I do with this? How do mm-hmm. I, what do I? Okay. So a big thing, I am huge into mentorship and, and discipleship, obviously, but I have a few women in my life. And so if you don't, I would start praying for somebody. Keep praying about what's stirring in your heart, but pray for someone else in your life that maybe isn't your spouse or maybe isn't um, your best friend, but maybe someone from your church where they can just almost be a prayer partner for you. They are unbiased about other things in your life. And my mentor, granted, we've now walked many years together. She was my first Bible study teacher in 2014, I think. And she is someone. And then my old neighbor from my childhood, 
she's been praying for me since I was doing cartwheels in the front lawn as a seven-year-old. And so she is much, 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 much older than me. But there have been a few occasions, one of which uh, had to do with when I paused the podcast back in 2021. Like I could sense I need to do that, but I also thought, I don't know if it's just me being tired and worn out. And so, or if this is somebody feeling called to do something, is this just because I want this? So I specifically went to them, just the two of them. They don't know each other either. And I said, can you guys specifically pray about this? This is what I'm looking at doing, pausing the podcast, whatever else. And I feel like I should know by Wednesday. And so they're praying and I'm praying and Wednesday rolls around and it's that collective like Miss Cindy shares with me. That's the old lady from across the street. She would die if she just heard me call her an old lady. (laughs) Miss Cindy, she sent me her message and it was, I mean, it brings me to tears. I won't read it because I'll really cry. But what she said to me that the Lord had on her heart to share with me was so healing in so many ways. And it was that it is time to pause. And there was a whole thing that she wrote to me that meant so much that was from the Lord. And then my mentor who lives down here that we talk on a very regular basis, she sends the same thing. It's time to pause. It's time to step away. And so I share that to say, we need people that have an unbiased opinion about our life and our world and all of that, where they can just Go before Jesus with the things that you're asking. We want clarity. I don't want to just do something because I feel like I should. Yeah. And so I go to Mary and I go to Cindy and I do tend to go to my mom too. But those two, Cindy and Mary are the two that I go to when I say, this is what God's stirring in my heart. Can you pray about this and let me know what you're sensing too? And so pray for God to give you those people, but be open-handed with that prayer because it also could be somebody that you're like, that's the lady you want me to ask (laughs) me? Okay. Yeah. There is so much blessing that comes from that kind of a relationship where you're sharing the depths of your heart with somebody where you're saying, can you please go before the Lord on behalf of me and pray about this. So pray for that kind of relationship. That's honestly the biggest thing I can think of. If there's something really stirring in your heart that you want to do, but you're just kind of unsure where to go from there, ask some other people to pray alongside you in that and come back collectively. Say, okay, I would love for you guys to pray about this for a week and let me know what you what you sense God's stirring. Is there a word that he gives you through scripture? I think that's so helpful when we have other believers joining us in prayer and bring those before the Lord. And then the other thing I would say is whatever the stirring is in your heart, always take it to scripture. And I know that sounds silly, but there are certain things where when we examine, when we take what we're sensing in our heart and we take it before God and his word, I can see real quick when I'm like, okay, this is about me. This isn't about Jesus. This isn't about sharing the gospel with people. This is about something in my heart that I just want. One of my girlfriends just said to me, she's like, Chelsea, you're just such a get things done kind of girl. Like, I really wish I had that. And I'm like, yes. While in some ways that's great, in other ways it's hard because I have to be so discerning of what am I trying to do in my own strength and in my own vigor for life. Yeah. Or what God is asking me to do. 
And so it's just taking those things to the word and going, okay, Lord, examine my heart and show me if this is what you want me to do. Because if it's not, I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that's such a good reminder too, um, because uh, especially for our ambitious friends, we will oftentimes just like, yes, I think this is what we got and go. And while like even... I come from a business background. So in the business world, that was a good trait to have. And mm-hmm. that was a good thing to have. But even a pause to make sure you heard correctly and to yeah. define it with scripture, right? God's words doesn't change. And the same God that Chelsea, I said this earlier, but the same God that is in the Bible is telling Moses to do the things is the same God speaking and doing the things mm-hmm. through you today. And so his word doesn't change. And so mm-hmm. making sure that it aligns with the scripture. I love that. Chelsea, before we wrap up and talk about your devotionals, I would love for you to just give a quick word of encouragement for our sister friends who are listening today. Okay, a quick word of encouragement. I just shared this last week, but it's so on my mind these days. Do it. Do not plan the outcome. My dad Mm -hmm. has said this to me my entire life, and I always used to get so irritated at him. I'm like, just leave me alone. When I was an adult, when I get really discouraged or really down about the way something happened, he'll, I'll call him and we're talking about life and I'll tell him this happens. And he goes, well, did you plan the outcome? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Actually, I did. He said, right. You're not in charge of that. You do the thing that you're supposed to do. If God's asked you to do something, do that. Let him be in charge of the rest of it. And so that's what I would encourage all of you with is don't plan the outcome. Just do the thing that he's asking you to do and let him take care of all of that. So good. Thank you. Uh, and don't be like Sam who learned that the hard way. Okay, thanks. Uh, um, okay, Chelsea, I'm so excited because you will talk about your devotionals. Do you have devotionals right in time for this month and as we enter the holiday season? So tell us about those. Okay, so I have been so excited about this project. It has come together really, really beautifully. Um, the month of November, it's starting on November 5th is when day one will be. And that one is titled Fall Afresh. So there were 18 other authors that wrote pieces for these. So the first one is November 5th through the 23rd. I think the 23rd is when Thanksgiving is. So it's all the days leading the first Sunday of the month through Thanksgiving Day. And Fall Afresh is all on seeing God's heart through the gift of thankfulness. And so it's not just devotions about Thanksgiving and being thankful. Like there are some really hard things that women wrote about in there and how it's despite the hard things we're walking through, they were thankful for their savior. And so I just want to always preface that one with this isn't just about being thankful and grateful and all things and trying to slap a bandaid on something. No, it's seeing God's heart through the gift of thankfulness and how Though life can be so hard, we can be so grateful for the way God works in our life and through our life. So that's the one that comes out November 5th. And you can get that on my website. You'll see it's on the homepage. And then Resounding Joy. I am so excited. It's really beautiful too. So Resounding Joy is the next one. And that is being joy-filled and joyful because of King Jesus. And so all of those are surrounding how we are joyful and joy-filled in this world right now. So again, same thing. You have some peoples that are really sweet and like exciting and very joyful writing. But then you have other women who are sharing from a place of 
they walk through something really hard. And how can you be joy-filled and joyful when you've lost something that meant so much to you? And they did such an amazing job. The Lord did such an amazing job at pulling all of these. Honestly, they're like little testimonies. That's what it almost seems like because you can hear their stories through them. But how he put things together so beautifully to meet women and men, honestly, but meeting them in pain, but also in joy too. So I'm really excited about that one. And that one starts December 3rd. That one goes December 3rd through Christmas Day. So you can get that one. I'm actually going to leave up for people to register for up until Advent season starts. But you can register for both of them at my website. I'm very excited about them. I'm super excited about them. And where can we find you and say hello at? Okay, so I'm only on Instagram, and it's at Chelsea Dematis. And then also, I have a 52-week devotional, if devotionals are your thing. And that's titled, More of Him, Less of Me, Living a Christ-Centered Life in a Me-Centered World. So you can get that, all of that that is there on my Instagram, on my website, all of that. But that is where I hang out on stories and share what God's doing, sharing snippets of my littles and just kind of life as it is. I love it. And friends, all the links are below here, of course, in the show notes. So you can click on them and say hello. Thank you, Chelsea, so much for your time, your gifts, and just being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.